podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my loveliest, birthdayest co-host in the entire world, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Your, your vocabulary is strong, I gotta say. Birthdayest I, is good. That's yeah, good. well, it's your birthday. You're like 47 today. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, my favorite comment on Twitter today, so first of all, happy birthday. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, so there's that. But my favorite, my favorite comment was was Rich Rebar when he said on Twitter today that now you can officially be placed in my RB two spot in, in one of JJ's mine lineups. I, I really think so. I mean, I'm I'm turning 31 today, which means that I'm like I'm really actually like a year or two short of being right in your wheel. You know? yeah, that's very 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 true. I'm <laughs> I am all about those geriatric running backs this year. You kind of fit the mold now. That now that you're you're 31, you're you're approaching. You're almost Jesus. <laughs> wait is that how old alex smith is <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> oh man well happy birthday you got anything fun planned tonight uh you know besides uh fear and loathing and, and deep anxiety about <laughs> upcoming drafts uh, uh not much i mean maybe a shower cry because of josh gordon yeah. uh, um you know they're just the the normal what we what i would call a normal wednesday night really. yeah yeah that makes sense speaking of josh gordon what what are your thoughts on that are you uh are you are you are you mad? Are you okay with it? I I don't know. I mean, I think that it would it's going to be a whole lot worse if it is actually like a full calendar year calendar year situation where he's going to miss all of training camp basically next year. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, gosh, that that that's just that's just so that's harsh. And, you know, I guess if you sold him in in dynasty uh, then good for you, I guess. But he's only twenty three. <laughs> right. I mean, right? I mean, he's twenty three years old. Like, uh, um, you know, I think Pat Thorman today on Twitter made a good point. Look, by the time he's twenty five, uh, weed will be legal any uh, everywhere anyway. Right. So, yeah. Good point. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta go. You gotta go with the times, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. The the one thing too with next season is that if if you know we're assuming that Manziel is going to enter next season as a starter, so. Sure. He could use he could definitely use some more reps with one of the best wide receivers in the game. Right, right. I mean, if if it's you know if it's up to you, Manzo will be backing up uh, uh, Christian Ponder in Oakland. But. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I love how I'm now pegged as this like Johnny Manziel hater when <laughs> when when all I did was show statistical proof as to why people are overrating him. Hater. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like you and Jay Cutler. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. And and thanks for th- thanks for pushing that on me. Uh, the the whole anti-trustman thing. I mean, I mean, you know, I like I said on Twitter, I I I help build this trustman house. I can burn it down. Yeah, it, it, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Kenny Darder to just say that on Twitter that he's supporting Jay Cutler just because he's the anti-you. Oh man, I mean that would that that would be something if uh, Darter came out for any quarterback not named Peyton Manning. That's a good point. Touche, touche, my friend. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, tonight we're going to, it'll probably be a, a quicker podcast than normal, but I say that almost every week and it never is quick. Um, but it's, but it's your birthday. I want it to be fast for you. 
So oh, that's what she said. Hey, oh. Yeah, I was just thinking that after I said that. Um, so tonight we're going to go get into some of our bold predictions. Because you know what I realized is that next week we're actually giving streaming recommendations. I know. It's crazy, dude. Like, I've been looking at the week one schedule. People, More, more and more people on Twitter are asking about week one matchups. If I'm sure you've noticed the same thing. And it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm so ready for this freaking season to start. It's getting so in all the, all the hot takes, all the change in, in the way people are viewing players just on a whim. Uh, it's just getting kind of frustrating. I'm just ready for the season to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. Uh, I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, but uh, I sort of miss the, like the abstractions that we deal with for seven months. Yeah. Once the real, real thing gets underway yeah. and you're like, Oh wait! So wait, these guys actually do play <laughs> yeah, football. They, something. They do something. Oh. Uh, 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 I totally forgot that they actually play games. Okay, well, uh, now, now, you know, now all the stuff I've written about for seven months actually means something. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. It, it, it's it's just insane that it's it's about to to start, and we're we're going to be held accountable for things in, in I, pretty soon. I know I I will not be held accountable. I right. I, I refuse to. Right. You know you listen. You pick up Geno Smith as your only quarterback. That's your fault. Yeah. That's not mine. It's not because I wrote five Geno Smith articles this offseason. Exactly. Yeah. That's <clears throat> although I, I think that the, the key here is that you guys are still managing your teams. We always push that. We we have we we do this just because it's fun. We just like to give advice and it's enjoyable for us. And at the same but at the same time uh, we play fantasy football for fun as well yeah i mean you know theoretically it could be fun <laughs> yeah except except I'm, I'm finishing up my 40th mfl 10 so no big deal yeah that, that's uh that's not, i mean that'll be fun you know when you're uh you know diving into a uh a, a swimming pool of cash like scrooge McCuff. i was just i was just envisioning the exact same yeah. thing man it's crazy also i do want to give a shout out did, did you watch the uh the DraftKings stuff last night with the baseball tournament no, I I missed it, but I I caught up with it on Twitter. Yeah, that, that's Peter amazing. Peter Jennings with the with the big million dollar win. So congrats to him. That was that was pretty cool to watch, and and, and a great job by by uh, uh, David Kitchen uh, doing doing the live show on on DraftKings TV. That'll be that's pretty cool. I'm going to be actually doing Fantasy Insiders TV for him this with him this year, which will be fun. Yeah. So uh, that, that yeah that that was a. I mean, can you imagine? But I mean, if I. Listen, if I won like ten grand in in daily, I would freak out. I would just, I would be like, you know, I'm I'm retiring. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The, the, I was I was talking I was talking to uh, Leo Howell uh, of Number Fire yesterday while it was all going on. I was chatting with him. I'm like, I'm like these people are are special people because not only are they, I mean, obviously they're very intelligent and they know their sport. They know how to play this game. Like these are smart guys, and I I don't say that. I mean, they're very very smart. And, you know, I met a lot of them in San Francisco, amazing guys, really, really cool down to earth. Um, but like these, they're crazy. I mean, they, we were playing, I, I'll never, for, um, like I'm sitting there, Drew Dinkmeyer's there, uh, Jennings was there, a bunch of, bunch of guys. We were, we were hanging out at the, the bar in San Francisco uh, during FSTA and these guys were betting money on skee-ball. I mean, just to give you, <laughs> just to give you an idea of the kind of people they are. But they're they're super intelligent and amazing at what they do, and and just props to them for you know there's a reason they're consistently the ones representing representing the industry in these tournaments and in these contests is because they're really freaking good at what they do. Right, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. like it, uh, it's it's just like in the old days, like when the same like five or six guys used to dominate poker. Right, right. Uh, 
you know, before, before, like, uh, you know, before the internet really, uh, that that's kind of how it feels with, with, the. Uh, the big, the big guys in uh, DFS. Yeah. So congrats to all of them that were there, because uh, everyone got money that that was there. They got paid out in some way. Um, and and obviously congrats to Peter for getting that million dollars. Pretty pretty insane. Uh, but anyway, so we'll next week we'll get into streaming finally, which should help your DFS uh, addiction as well. <laughs> um, but tonight we're gonna get into some bold predictions, Dennis. Just some some crazy off the wall stuff. Uh, that we think could potentially uh, happen this season. Um, yeah. So, before we get started, did you want to did you want to talk about uh, something that's really fun for living the stream? I yes. Uh, uh, this uh, this segment of the show is officially brought to you by Sportable. It's uh, a, a site that's represented by a lot of people, a lot of really good writers, uh, bright minds on fantasy football Twitter, including. Uh, Sal from uh, from XN Sports or from uh, originally from XN Sports. Uh, it, the uh, the site is Sportable Is that's Sportable uh, It has a lot of really quick, uh, very interesting, right to the point um, fantasy blurbs, uh, questions. It kind of gets it lets you get a feel for what's going on uh, in, in the fantasy world. Uh, there's nothing long winded. Uh, there, there's, there's, uh, there, there's nothing that will take you more than a few minutes to, to read through and they, and it's packed with a, a lot of, uh, uh, very easy to read, uh, informative stuff that, that I've, I've found useful over the past couple months. Um, so I suggest you guys, uh, uh check it out as, uh, you know, as, as you prepare for, for week one, I really like it. Sportable. That is awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Sal is a great guy as well. Running, running, running the show over there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Denny, let's get into some bold predictions for the 2014 season. Let's do it. You, you, uh, you, you can take the first swing here. Okay. Well, since we were talking about, uh, um, geriatric running backs, I should probably start there. The guy I've been touting all summer long, my man, Fred Jackson, my bold prediction is that Fred Jackson will outscore CJ Spiller this year. Wow, straight up. Straight huh? up. So obviously, like we know that there's five rounds of, of equity there. Uh, Fred Jackson's usually going in the eighth-ish round, uh, while Spiller uh, is a third-round pick. Um, and I think, I think two things there. I think Spiller's overdrafted. Obviously, I think Fred Jackson's underdrafted. Um, I would be. I, I would understand things more. Like I, I, I understand the Spiller ADP because of his his what he did two years ago and his obvious upside. Uh, but the other thing to that too is that. Uh, Fred Jackson was unbelievable last year. Um, you know, he was a top 10 fantasy running back from a season-long perspective. Even from a week-to-week perspective, uh, out of 15 relevant fantasy weeks in PPR leagues last year, Fred Jackson was a top 24 back 10 times, who so was an RB1 or an RB2 10 times, which was the same amount as Gio Bernard, Marshawn Lynch, Reggie Bush, Ryan Matthews, and he had more than Frank Gore and an injured Adrian Peterson. So, um, you know, he, he, he was unbelievable last year. I think we all know that. Uh, the problem is that he's going, he's old, you know, he's, he's what 30, he was 32 years old last year. Um, and he's, he's going to be 33 into 34 this year. Um, but the one thing that I, that I noted early on in this podcast when Silva was on was the fact that of every 32 year old running back in NFL history, only Fred Jackson and Walter Payton have had 200 carries and 40 or more receptions in a single season. At, wow. at, at age 32. Um, so what that kind of shows me is 
you know, obviously that, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get 200 carries and 40 rece- I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But what it shows me is that I don't know if the if the, the typical age curve for a running back, especially one that started in the NFL when he was 26, uh, he doesn't have that much wear on on, on his tires. Um, you know, he, Fred Jackson, age does just simply does not matter. Um, and I think that because of that, you know, another thing too is that he, he's, he's the goal line, de facto goal line back in, in Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, he had 18 attempts from the five-yard line or, or, or within the f- opponent's five-yard line. He scored seven times on those. We, he's not phenomenal in the red zone. Don't, you know, last year, he wasn't fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, he's not going to give those duties away to any other running back on that Bills team. Um, and then the other thing that's obvious is that the Bills are going to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the entire NFL, as they were last year. So sure, mm-hmm. Spiller's going to get his, but don't think that uh, Fred Jackson can't approach 200 to 220, 230 carries this year. I think it's very possible. The Bills extended his contract. They showed that they support him. They like that from from what I from what I gather and the, the way that the Bills have actually moved uh, their their pieces around. They for, the Bills like Fred Jackson more than they like C.J. Spiller. Uh, so there's a lot of reason to believe that Fred Jackson can outscore Spiller this year. And despite there being a five-round gap, I think Fred Jackson's the one to own in Buffalo. Yeah, that that gap is kind of crazy. Uh, I, I I would say that the uh, the only thing that gives and, and gives me pause and has given me pause about Fred Jackson. I'm I'm not the Fred Jackson true believer that 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 you've been uh, to my detriment, uh, obviously. But uh, no, seriously. I mean, I I really wish that I had come around on him last year. Um, uh, but he uh, is that. I think we heard a lot of the similar things about Michael Turner when he had, you know, basically sat on the sidelines and, and watch L, watched LT do his thing in, in San Diego. And then when he got to that 30-ish range, we said, you know, people, you heard, you heard people say, well, but but he was on basically just a, a backup running back for four seasons, five seasons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't have that wear and tear. And he really, he did, he didn't. I mean, he had a couple very high volume seasons in Atlanta before that 30-year-old season. Right. But he had... You know, like like all running backs, he had that sharp drop uh, from you know uh, elite to very much not elite. Uh, so that that's kind of what I was thinking. But you know, I mean, Jackson's way beyond that age now. Right. What is he's going to he's going to be thirty four this year? Yeah. This so season? he right last year. I'm, I'm I'm I'll look it up really quick. I'm pretty sure he's thirty three. Going to be thirty four. Yeah, so he's 33 now. His birthday's in February, so he'll be 34 in February. Okay. His birthday's a day after mine, so it just makes sense that, that him oh, and really? I would love each other. So, because he loves me as well. So yeah, on Twitter, on Twitter. Yeah, right. So you know, like I mean, I under, I understand the 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 pause. I mean, the other thing though too is that you know Jackson hasn't had a, a massive season from a volume perspective in his entire career the high the most the most touch most carries he's had in a single season was 237 in 2009 last year he had 206 uh and he was still a top 10 back uh because he caught um 47 passes um you know he had 10 touchdowns last year sure that might regress a bit but the difference between i think what what people you know, people are getting scared off and they say, oh, but, you know, like you said, you know, it could be, he could be Michael Turner. He could, he could drop off because he's turning 33 or he is 33 and he's turning 34 in February. The the thing that I say to that um, is that you're not paying a premium price to get him in the first place. Exactly. So it and- really doesn't matter that much. You know, like everything after round six, round seven, I know people don't want to hear this, but 
it's you're starting to get into dart throws. I mean, that's just the way the game is. If you look at at historical bust rates, and no one wants to really hear that, but that's just the way it works, especially at the running back position. So I'm going to go with a guy who I know is going to get goal line touches. I know is going to be involved in a run heavy offense, who's proven to be a top ten running back in fantasy before, and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah, no, you you're right. I mean, that's the difference is that Turner even after. All that, all that volume and age concerns was still drafted in like the second round right, of draft. Right. So, so yeah, I mean that, that's that's a huge difference. Um, can I get into my yeah, first gold? So uh, I wrote about these uh, three of these on um, on XN Sports this week. If you want to check it out, uh, my uh, first and uh, bold prediction, and the one in which I'm most confident in, is uh, Russell Wilson will be a top three quarterback Woo! this year. I know, I know. I love it. Everybody relax. Um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, if I could boil it down to like one sentence, if someone said, just explain to me in one sentence why you think that. Uh, it's because, now, now I don't know if this is one sentence, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> uh, he achieved uh, quarterback eight numbers last season, being basically nothing but the caretaker of the Seattle offense. Right. That's one sentence. Uh, Good job. Oh, hey. All right. Um, so I I really don't see, especially, you know, I was going to say, uh, originally I was going to say top five, but that's not really bold. Um, because really that's the difference of like 23 or four points over the course of a season um, uh, from QB8 to QB5. Right, right. So that, I, I, but, but I really do think that the QB3 number is, is, is not out of the range of, of, of outcomes here. Uh, if I could just throw some numbers, the so over his first two seasons as starter, uh, he's averaged Wilson has averaged a uh, 0.6 fantasy points per dropback, which is on par with uh, Cam Newton. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've seen Cam Newton obviously finish as a top three, uh, uh, a top three uh, quarterback in fantasy. Um, and uh, with uh, with Wilson's efficiency, with those offensive weapons, with that positive game flow that he's basically always going to be uh blessed with in seattle i mean they're rarely going to get in a situation where he's going to be forced to throw it into the teeth of a defense that's awaiting the pass you know what i mean uh so with with all that going for him with his rushing ability which he put on full display a couple weeks ago against san diego um i just i i'm really i've become I've, i've become bullish on wilson uh, I hope not too late because I, I still have some teams to draft. But um, I'm looking at his ADP right now, and actually I see that it is – it's actually at the end of the ninth round now, which which that's a little surprising um, because as recently as the, the beginning of um, – the beginning of August, he was in the end of the 10th. Right. So it's risen o- almost a comp- one full round yeah. in a month. Um I would still look at if you're looking for an every week starter and you don't want to stream, uh, then then get out. Don't listen to this fight. <laughs> no, but but seriously, get get Wilson. Um, and uh, I really think that, uh, that that he can put up those kind of numbers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so last year I had kind of a, a, an interesting relationship with Seahawks fans because I wrote an article of why Russell Wilson shouldn't have been uh, the NFL's MVP when some people were speaking about that happening, which didn't make any sense. Uh, but then I wrote an article after the Super Bowl saying that Russell Wilson is quite possibly the best young quarterback we've ever seen in NFL history, um, yeah. with with Dan Marino probably being the only exception. And 
just to throw out some numbers. So we have we have those the 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 court that class plus guys from the year before with Andy Dalton and Cam Newton. Um, if you look at their numbers from a passing net expected points perspective, so on a per drop back basis though, not not in sum because passing NEP is a sum is a cumulative metric, so it doesn't tell you everything. Although he still does, he has basically he has a better passing NEP per season than any of those quarterbacks, and his efficiency is 0.18, which is 0.8 points per pass better than RG3 and Cam Newton, and it's three times better than Andrew Luck. And I know that those numbers might not mean a lot to to, to listeners, uh, but just just think of it this way: he's been three each drop back. He's been three times as more efficient as Andrew Luck has through the air. Um, and not only that, but he can run the ball really well too. So I understand the the love for for Russell Wilson, and, and I it's it's been growing on me as well. Uh, I think you know I I got him. I think in the well, it was the Apex League. He was my starting quarterback, and I got him in the fourteenth round. That was the one where. Everyone was getting wide receivers, and it was just stupid. Um, oh, did you get him in that? Oh, man, yeah, yeah. Not- so he's my cute, he's my only quarterback in that. But yeah, I mean, like he he's got a chance if if things uh, if they open the offense up a little bit, he's got a great chance, especially with a healthy Percy Harvin. As much as I'm not a Harvin guy from a fantasy perspective, Harvin can do a lot from a real football perspective. Um, I'm I'm really interested to see what he can do in this third year. Yeah, no, me too. I, I really, I, I, he's growing on me. So, what's your, uh, what's your second uh, uh, hot take? All right. Well, predict? since we're talking about quarterbacks, I might as well just give the Cutler one, and say that that Cutler's going to finish as a top five quarterback. Which, in relationship to the way that he's finished historically, I feel like it's pretty similar to you making the jump with Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, I agree. So we all know. I mean, like the the, the evidence for Cutler is fairly obvious uh we all know what mark trestman did to that offense last year uh we know that him and 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 mccown combined were qb4 last year and that's even from a week-to-week perspective um and then the other thing that that i've brought up on the podcast before um and written about is the fact that they have two top 10 wide receivers which if you have historically if you have uh two top 10 wide receivers in fantasy or quarterbacks since the year 2000 that have had two top 10 quarterback or wide receivers sorry I'm a mess right now. Uh, they, they, their, their median finish in fantasy football is a QB5, and their average is actually even better than that. It's at like 4.38 or something like that. So there's so much upside with Jay Cutler. It's pretty obvious that there's a lot of upside. Um, I know that his cost isn't nearly the same as it was last year. And, and you know, if you buy into, I think that he probably has a similar ADP as Russell Wilson right now. Um, uh, 7.10, actually. Cutler's at 7.10? Uh, on on fantasy football calculator. Yeah. All right, that's probably too rich now, but you know, I, I I do I still do. I mean, that doesn't change my my bold prediction that he's going to be a, a top five quarterback. There's obviously some risk involved there, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that that if if the stars line, if he stays healthy, that's the big that's the key. If he stays healthy, I think he'll be a top five quarterback. Yeah. No. I... I actually uh, don't have, take any issue with that, even though I'm I'm you know supposedly anti Tressman, anti Cutler. Yeah. Uh, I just I just liked Cutler a whole lot better when I could get him in the twelfth round. Uh, yeah, I mean as, I mean he's he can be erratic. We all know that. That's the problem. Yeah. And um, right. I mean the NFC North doesn't have defenses that really scare me. Um, Green Bay secondary is improved uh, and actually has a lot of talent, uh, but you know hope the. Game flow will dictate pretty good things for that Chicago offense, I think, all season long. Right. So, uh, 
Well, my uh, my second uh, my second scorching hot take, you know, I I would suggest people cover their eyelashes and eyebrows for this one because I really don't want to singe them. Um, Brandon Brandon Cooks. Oh boy. Uh, he'll finish this year as a top fifteen wide receiver. Oh man. Well, I got to go. See you later. Man. Give- yeah, I know. I, I I bet you hate that so much. That is so against your your draft strategy. <laughs> it's pretty I, against it. It is. It's I'm, pretty against it. Although I do, I want to hear it because I do in my home league. I got him in an auction draft for pretty cheap. So I want to hear why I should not be getting rid of him right now. Oh yeah, don't I? I mean, unless I mean, unless someone's like, unless someone's like me and totally off the wall right. for him. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, his ADP has gotten uncomfortably high. I will admit that, and like everybody, I really liked him much more as a tenth round pick. It kind of gave you some cushion there. And now there's not much cushion. He he's the thirtieth receiver off the draft board, which for a rookie is that's is, you know for any any rookie that's pretty. Is rich. he still ahead of Colson? Uh, he's one spot ahead of. Oh Colson, boy! Yes. All right, keep going. Yeah, uh, and 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 in my XN Sports article, I actually mentioned that in predicting in this bold prediction is actually a slightly less bold prediction with for Colston, uh, providing a lot of equity as well. Nice. Um, so uh, so Cooks, um, uh, I didn't think that really that it was fair just to say Cooks will take the Sproles role or the Sproles volume. Right in that offense it just sounds lazy it just sounds like something i shouldn't say so i looked up uh i i but i looked up you know uh, a few things about how he'll be used and i kept coming across quotes from drew Brees, from sean payton from the running backs coach in new orleans whose name i forget uh who who they and they said over and over that there is a, a role to be filled uh, in in that offense, and while he can't do it exactly like Darren Sproles did, because they're not the same player, um, either you know much size wise or um, or the the way that they uh, the way they operate in space, um, that there that, that there is a lot of, uh, to be had. So I looked it up. Sproles averaged six and a half targets per game in forty four regular season uh, contests as a Saint. That comes out to one hundred and four targets over sixteen games. Uh, Kenny Stills uh, has been sidelined for on and off for a little while now with some leg issues, some injury issues, uh, and I think that there is uh, a vacuum to be filled uh, in, in New Orleans, and I think that Cooks kind of showed what he can do when he gets the ball uh, in space, uh, and this was without Breeze, remember, this was uh, with uh, their their backup quarterback, whose name I forget, um, against the Rams, he he just looked fantastic. And while I don't base, you know, my draft strategy on the way people look on highlight reels, uh, it was nice to see that they would they do want to in- involve him like that. Uh, so I, you know, I'm I'm bullish on on Cooks and and at even at wide receiver thirty, I'm really not hesitating too much to take him to take him there. Man, it's pretty bold. Also, I think the it, I think the backup's Luke McCown now, isn't it? In New Orleans. Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, which is fantastic. This that's got to be the best job in the world is backing up Drew Brees. Oh yeah. Um. So would you would you draft? Are are, are you actually drafting Cooks ahead of Colson? So both are on the board. 
at the same time, God, I have I have so much trouble. Is with this, this is this honest. more so? And also, is this is this slanted more towards PPR leagues? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think about it, but yeah, that's pretty much all I play. So. Right, right, right. Uh, so yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with it. I'm just I'm taking Cooks if Woo! Cooks and Colster. I said it. So, I so said you're, it. you're that guy on Fantasy Football Calculator that's doing all this. I am that guy, and I'm also the guy who looks at daily tweets from like <laughs> people I respect and people who I, I like and who I agree with most of the yeah. time, being like, being like anyone who takes Cooks over Colston has lost yeah, their mind. I'm, I think I, I think I've tweeted that a couple of times, to be honest. I, I definitely I definitely uh, think that you have. I think but, <laughs> most most people on fantasy Twitter, and I'm just like, shut up, you guys, shut up. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Colston fan though too. So just because, I, I, like, he's gonna produce in some way. The problem is that he recently has had pretty pretty high highs and pretty low lows from a week to week perspective. Last year was kind of a mess for Colston. Yeah, mean, he wasn't yeah, that well, strong. I'm kind of hoping for a rebound this year. I I think his ADP is fair though, just given what he did last year. Yeah, and I have him in a like in a lot of MFL tens, for instance. Yeah. So. I, I don't hate Colston by any means. I just I love I love Cooks. Man, that's that's bold. That's very bold. My I'll I'll uh, I'll hit you now because I know that you like this guy uh, or you've talked about him before. My next bold prediction is that Cordero Patterson will not be a top thirty wide receiver this year. Top thirty. Wow. <laughs> top thirty. Top thirty. I think I just think it's it's an overblown situation. I don't think you know the the. The uh, the note that I made on here that uh, Raymond Summerlin said on the Two Mugs podcast about them making plays for uh, for Patterson or, or creating plays for Patterson and people taking that as a positive thing, I, I do think that's actually a negative thing because he's not good enough to just have regular plays drawn up for him that he can just run routes and catch passes. Um, but but aside from that, you know I think things are a little bit overblown with CP right now uh, because of the way he ended last season. He had six rushing touchdowns in his final five games. His his receiving metrics were horrendous last year, just completely mm-hmm. terrible. I, I like so out of the eighty seven receivers last year with thirty or more receptions in terms of reception NEP per target, which is one of the metrics we use at Number Fire that shows efficiency. So big play receivers, which you know he's not necessarily he, last year he wasn't necessarily a vertical receiver. He caught a lot of, of low efficient passes, like kind of like a the way that the Steelers use Emmanuel Sanders, let's say. You know, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of a lot of a lot of catches close to the line of scrimmage. Um but he was still it's even still, I mean, he's still a, a quote unquote big play receiver. Um and he ranked eighty fourth out of eighty seven receivers last year on a per target basis in terms of efficiency, which is just horrendous. It's terrible. You know who was better than him? Uh Sanu. Chris Durham. Oh my God! No, yeah. he was he was. Re- I mean, people. You know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of reasons outside of just his pure receiving skill set that needs to improve dramatically in a year two for in order for him to hit that ADP. And you know, like top thirty receiver is is still you know a late sixth round, early seventh round, which is kind of the way that I value Patterson. Um, and obviously, too, I, you know, we're making these bold predictions. It's still you know like don't come at me if he finishes a top fifteen wide receiver because obviously. <laughs> This guy is massively boomer bust. I mean, it's insane. Um, but the other thing, you know, it's going to be a run first offense still uh, with AP. Um, I, I think, um, you know, Matt Castle showed some chemistry. I can't believe I'm throwing that out there with with Greg Jennings last year. 
Um, <laughs> there's just there's a lot of reasons why Patterson isn't going to work out. He's a, he's a freak athlete. I think that maybe next year is his year. I just don't think that this year is it. Yeah. I I well I think I've mentioned this before. If he succeeds in the way that people people who are drafting them expect him and are banking on him to succeed, then he will be the first primary wide receiver to do so in that manner in a North exactly. Turner offense. Exactly. That's a that's a convoluted, weird statement, I know. But what I'm saying is he's not Vincent Jackson, he's not Josh Gordon, he's not Michael Irvin, he's not the typical guy who 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 succeeds, who puts up unbelievable numbers in North Turner's Right. Offense. There's a lot of, re- I mean, like I love North Turner's offenses for fantasy purposes. There's studies that have been done. You know, Jeff Miller, when he was at Number Fire, did a great study on North Turner's offenses, and oh, you know, skill positions just perform better with North Turner because he's a good offensive coordinator. I just don't think that Patterson fits that mold, like you said, and he's not efficient enough for me to be excited about. And the other thing too, I mean, like if you want to bank on what he does on the ground, that's going to be a weekly headache. That's just going to be an absolute mess. So even if he puts up top 30 cumulative numbers, his, his week-to-week numbers are going to scare the absolute crap out of me so, to, the, to the point where I'm not going to be owning him. So, and, and you know, I, I have a couple shares in Nemethal 10s because I'm doing 380 of them. But, like, you know, in, in, in regular redraft leagues, I don't I'm, – I'm not taking Cordero Patterson because I do think it's going to be just a, a weekly headache. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know I talked about people saying uh, Cooks over Colston is pure insanity – well, I will say that Patterson over Andre Johnson is pure insanity. Yeah, right. I mean, like, there's some people that are so into to Cordero Patterson. It's one of those situations that it's kind of the same way that I feel about Johnny Manziel, where if you take a step back and look at what you're actually paying for, like what – from I'm saying this from Manziel – forget that I said the Manziel thing. If you look at what you're paying for and what a realistic projection would be for that player – it doesn't make any sense for Cordero Patterson to be drafted in the late third round or early fourth round. It does not make any sense. I know that he, you know, his ADP is probably in the late fourth, early fifth, or maybe middle fifth. But you know, some guys are reaching for him, and that's that's the problem. Is that once you reach up there, you're essentially selecting him amongst players who have a a, a realistic projection that is Cordero Patterson's ceiling, and, and that's mm-hmm. the issue. That's where you have to really think about equity when you're drafting those kind of players. You know, this is this is not having to do with much what we're talking about right now. But I'm looking at ADPs. I will literally stand up and do my horrible white man dance <laughs> if people are drafting Wes Welker and Emmanuel Sanders over Tory Smith, yeah. as as ADP indicates. Yeah, I love Tory. I mean, oh my God, that is that's that's such a. I mean, and Michael Crabtree is going. A full round and a half before Tory Smith. Oh my so is, god! So is Tory Smith is... your next bold prediction, or is this unrelated? It is nice. Okay, it keep is. going. This is good. This is good. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, I, I, I was gonna like, a while ago. I was gonna write a piece on like Tory Smith and like why I think this and that. I, I, I can't because Rich, Rich Rebar uh, wrote this yeah, unbelievable, yeah, piece on 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 Rotoviz about. How Tory Smith has top ten uh, written all over him, and and it's legit. And and I listen going into that, I was I was a hater, I was a doubter, uh, not so much of Tory Smith, but mostly of Rich. No, I was yeah. just joking. Um, it, uh, but the the <laughs> so I read it with a with a skeptical eye, a skeptical eye and a half, really. And uh, <laughs> um, 
And but I came out a believer because of of that role in in Kubiak's offense, and it's something that Tory has not benefited right. from uh, in, in his career. And so, and then you know, Rich also knocked down the argument that well, you know, he's not a red zone performer, you know, uh, but that but he he knocked that down pretty uh, in, in a pretty thorough mm-hmm. way. So it's just it just all seems to come together for me. It makes a lot of sense. I I have I'm so heavily invested in Tory Smith, in MFL tens, in redraft. I mean it. I just have them all over the place. So um, <clears throat> mostly I'm just going to blame Rich if this doesn't work out. But uh, he's yeah he's a guy who I I think that Tory Smith will be a wide receiver one in twelve teams. Nice nice I like that I can dig that he's it's amazing especially in best ball leagues where like he is he's a great best ball player because we know he's he's a deep threat as well. And he's still going. Like yeah. I got, I get him in the fifth, sixth round all the time, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like sixth, like end of the sixth. Yeah. It's uh, I, I feel so, I feel so good. I feel so good about taking him there. And I can't say that about many yeah. players. The one we we mentioned, or I, I brought this up the last time we talked about him in the wide receiver podcast. But Brandon Gadula, who writes for Number Fire. Uh, noticed that he has a wide receiver 26 ADP, or it, he did at the time of the article, and Torrey Smith in his career has never finished below or worse than wide receiver 23. Oh, my. Wow. That, that's that's incredible right there. I mean, if, if I had to boil it down to one sentence, yeah, that would be Yeah, I mean, it. he's yeah. just he's outproducing uh, his expectations, so it makes sense. Um, I'll stick with the wide receivers, and I will say – that Justin Hunter is going to score double-digit touchdowns this year. Yeah, wow. that's 10. 10. 10 of wow. them. 10. 10. I mean, you know, if anybody can, I think that it's... Yeah, 10. I mean, I so, you know, I'm not one that, and you know, we're both kind of in the same boat with, with regards to uh, young talent. You know, we first hear from other people about players, and then we usually dig in after that, for the most part, I would say. Um but Hunter, I was I was intrigued by Hunter since when he got drafted. Since he got drafted, because he was he was teammates with Patterson, and he was only four picks taken four picks after him. Um, which is funny that I'm I hate I'm hating on Cordero, but I'm loving on Justin Hunter. Um, so you know, obvious, obviously, obviously, yeah. you know he's a he's a second year receiver. I love second year receivers uh, as breakouts, unless they're Cordero Patterson when when they're not stereotypical prototypical receivers. Um, we all know that that Justin Hunter is already you know he he has the build of, of being a touchdown machine. Last year he had 18 receptions, four of them were touchdowns. Uh, but the great part about it is is that that offense doesn't necessarily have other touchdown producers. Um, Kendall Wright has 158 uh, career receptions. He scored six times. We know a lot of that has to do with his size um, and and his and, and that in general show. I mean. Justin Hunter becomes a de facto red zone threat in that offense as long as he can as long yeah. as he can push away Nate Washington. The other thing, Delaney Walker is obviously there. One thing that's really important to note is that Ryan Fitzpatrick made Delaney Walker last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick loves tight ends, uh, which is another reason why you should be high on the tight ends in, in Houston this year, like Garrett Graham. Um, yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick also has a has a lower A dot uh, than than Jake Locker does. So Locker is not going to be afraid to throw the ball downfield, which is what where Hunter can really take advantage. They're already saying that Hunter cannot be stopped in, in end zone fades. Uh, Tennessee is. Um, so take that for what it's worth. 
Yeah, that that's their plan. I heard that that's like that's like plan A one for yeah. Tennessee is when they get to the red zone, just throw it up in the back of the end zone for Hunter see if he can come right. down. Like with I, it. I don't think I really don't think that you know Hunter Hunter came out and said that he wanted to catch sixty balls this year. I think you know obviously that's a pretty ridiculous uh, conversion uh, rate from rece- touchdown reception to <laughs> touchdowns. Um, but I do think that he has the potential to be the de facto touchdown scorer for that offense. He's a, he's a beast. Um, so I, I love him at his ADP. I've been getting him in, in almost all my redraft leagues, I have a ton of shares of him in my fantasy, uh, league tens. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in on him this year. Yeah. I really like that one. Um, my last one, uh, has to do with Travis Kelsey, the tight end who has been making the proverbial hay in the preseason. Yes. Uh, I, as I, as I said in writing on XN sports, Travis Kelsey will finish 2014 as a top five Woo! tight end. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in there. There are my cards. There are my chips and, uh, I'm all in. Uh, so yeah. And I, I, I mentioned this in, in our last episode, but, uh, I think that he's the closest thing right now that we're going to get to, uh, to Julius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, from last year where Thomas didn't really emerge until the final weeks of August. Uh, we all know that Alex Smith is just as good as Peyton Manning. I said it again. I'm just joking, of course. Uh, please leave my mentions I alone. I mean, I would kind of compare them. <laughs> you would. You, you're sick. Uh, so uh, Kelsey can still, despite looking like just an absolute freak of nature, um, uh, and here I go talking about how guys look again, but um, uh, he's still going at the end of the 13th round. Um, and I, you know, if you're going to take a swing on a, on, a, on a late round tight end, I would be thrilled yeah. to take him uh, over our boy, Charles yep. Clay, who's going in the 13th as well, over Antonio Gates, who I know that there's some appeal there, but I just, I really think that Kelsey, and I wrote about this on XN, uh, with with Alex Smith's history with targeting tight ends and with Andy Reid's usage of tight ends, I mean, it was only four years ago that Brent Selleck uh, put up top three or I'm sorry, top four uh, fantasy tight end numbers in in Philadelphia, and and I think that we would all agree that Travis Kelsey is a superior superior in every way to Brent right. Selleck. Uh, much, so much better, you know, looking guy. Oh, I, absolutely! He has the nice square jaw, the facial hair, so. Uh, where was I? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that's a, that's a prediction, which obviously is contingent on him getting a, a lot of snaps. I know Fasano is listed as the tight end one in that offense. Uh, but, uh, I was having a brief chat with, um, BJ Kissel, yeah. uh, who is a beat reporter for the chiefs, really knowledgeable guy. And I was picking his brain about Kelsey's usage, and he and I said, "Well, what about the depth chart?" He said, "In in I'm paraphrasing, the depth chart doesn't have anything to do with how he'll be used and how often he'll yeah, be used." Yeah, and you got to get him week one because Dwayne Bow is not playing, and Travis Kelsey is going to go off. I I really I really believe it, man. I, I think that it'll be very early on that we see Kelsey transform into an every every week yeah, starter. Yeah, and the thing with that too, you know, you, you mentioned some of the other late round tight ends. Even, I, I know that this isn't going to, I mean, I think that he has a much clearer path to getting time right now than Ladarius Green, 
then uh, even even potentially Zach Ertz. I think Brent Selleck's going to be involved much more than people think, um, which is probably tough for you because I think you're a big Ertz guy. Uh, not so much at his ADP. Okay. It's it's gotten out of control. Yeah, yeah. I think. so I mean, I'm in this. I'm in the same boat. I, I mean, I like him and I think that he's good, but it's it's just tough because I think Brent Selleck is still going to be on the field. He's a good good blocker. Um, and and Tyler Eifert's the other guy that that's kind of that's kind of around there. Uh, that sophomore uh, athletic tight end, and Eifert's had had shoulder shoulder problems. So I mean, you do, you know, obviously with with Eifert, Eifert's pretty intriguing too because Marvin Jones is out, but. Um, you know, Kelsey just has massive, massive upside in an offense that really has no pass catchers whatsoever. I mean, they need, you know, it's not as if, it's not as if he's, he's just so talented that they're going to try to get him the ball. It's they, they need to get him the ball if they want to move the ball downfield. Yeah. I, like you said, I mean, like, you know, he'll be the only option and, you know, Alex Smith is not, is not one to, 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 to throw that, uh, you know, that deep route to the sideline or, or, or the deep ball to, to streaking wide receivers, uh, um, which makes them sound naked if you say streaking wide receivers. Uh, but, you know, and so, and so Kelsey, we, I mean, look, at Vernon Davis saw about 28, 29% of uh, Smith's throws in San Francisco. That, that's right. a lot. And I'm not saying that Kelsey is guaranteed to see 28% of Smith's throws, especially because Smith is throwing a lot more in Kansas City than he ever did in San Francisco. Uh, but I am saying that uh, that Alex Smith's history with tight ends is, is pretty yeah, hopeful. I love it. I love Travis Kelsey this year. Uh, um, yeah. Do you have any more? No, I'm, I'm all out of hot takes. Okay, That's it I'll just me. run through a few really quick that I have on this list. Uh, one of them is I think Reggie Wayne's going to finish better than teammate T.Y. Hilton this year. Uh, I've been I've been pretty vocal mm. about that. Uh, Wayne was the PPR wide receiver sixteen when he went down last year, um, and Hilton was number thirty two. Um, you know, Hilton basically was relatively decent last year in fantasy because of volume, and I don't think the volume's going to be there. I think Wayne's going to come back. He already looks healthy. I think that's gonna. I just think that's going to happen. I'll be quick about this. Um, the other one is I think Heath Miller is going to score eight touchdowns. Uh, with Jericho Cotri's 22 red zone targets leaving Pittsburgh, um, and he caught 13 of those for 10 touchdowns. We all remember that. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the important thing with Heath is that, well, not only has he looked good so far, but um, let's not forget that he's a year removed from being, you know, before last year in 2012, he was the fourth best fantasy tight end. Um, and a lot of that was because he got 20 red zone targets, which was taken from Cotri last year because Heath Miller was not 100% throughout the season. So I think Heath Miller is going to score eight touchdowns. And the last one is I think Carson Palmer is going to finish as a top 12 quarterback. Um, the second the second nice. half of last year, he was putting up numbers in terms of passing that expected points that top five quarterbacks post. Um, I'm not extrapolating that. I'm just saying that he was a top five quarterback towards in the second half of last year after their bye week. Um, his weapons are nuts. They have John Brown now too that can stretch the field. You have Michael Floyd... Larry Fitzgerald, Andre Ellington. If that offensive line can hold up, Palmer's going to have time in the pocket. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions, but that doesn't really matter in fantasy football. It doesn't matter nearly as much as, as people want it to uh, in most leagues. In most leagues, um, so I think Palmer. Yeah, I, I like Palmer's upside. I think the the defense is going to be weaker, which could really help Palmer uh, in that passing offense. Um, and, and the NFC West ha- is is a little bit weaker. At least San Francisco is weaker defensively, which could help as well. So I do like. Um, 
what what Arizona's yeah. going to do. The other thing too is that they were 15th last year in pass to run ratio, so they still have room to grow uh, from that perspective. Bruce Arians isn't necessarily the thing that that people misunderstand with Bruce Arians is that he's not necessarily a high volume uh, offensive mind. He is uh, one that just likes to throw the ball vertically. So his pass to run ratios have always hovered uh, between the 10 to 20 mark, kind of where they were last year. But there's still room to grow. There's still room for growth. It's not like they were a top five passing team last year, and that's how things are going to be this year. I think that the, that volume could be uh, in play with Carson Palmer this year as well. Yeah, I love that. You know, you know, I'm I'm all about Palmer. I, actually, Fantasy Douche had a really good thing about. It, last year he had a, uh, a Geno Smith hair on fire strategy where it was just like, I'm drafting Geno Smith. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, and this year that's turned into the uh, Carson, Carson Palmer's hair on fire strategy. And that's what I feel like where I'm just like drafting him everywhere. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm just drafting. Right. I'm just playing and, him everywhere. And, Car- and Carson Palmer. Palmer's hair already is on fire. That, I mean, that's yeah. a good point. That's yeah. a solid point. And honestly, even talking about my hair being on fire makes me crazy, so I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, stop. Dude, it's your birthday. You don't want to have to talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that's those are our bold predictions. You guys can run those back in December and tweet at us and tell us how stupid we were. <laughs> oh, this is probably the worst yeah. idea to do. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, it's not in right. Well, yours isn't an article, so that sucks. <laughs> it's in an article. Oh, they're gonna take screenshots. I mean, Brandon Cooks will be, you know, working at Burger <laughs> yeah, King by exactly. the time. <laughs> People will be like, where's your God now? <laughs> exactly. Carson Palmer's only going to have one one arm, and it's not, not going to be his throwing arm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, why did oh, we do this? That's a terrible idea. Oh. But, all right, Denny. I think we should just take Kenny Darter's advice and just be like, Graham, <laughs> yeah. boom. I'm down with that. I'm so down with that. Anyway. All right. Is it it's rant time. time. You want to go first tonight? Yeah, just a quick reminder as your as your drafts approach, and I, I know that last weekend was probably the most popular draft weekend, but uh, you know this coming weekend I have a couple, and just remember that never 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 say never about about a player. I, I got a lot of questions yesterday and today about you know who which of the who are the players who you will not draft no matter what, and that. To me, it, the question, the answer to that question is there are no players that I would never draft no matter what. Because even though, like everybody else, I'm not high on Vernon Davis, if if he's there in like the 11th round, I'm yeah. taking him. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just saying, just 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 for instance, okay? Uh, you know, I I I definitely don't like Patterson at his current ADP, and for for a lot of the reasons that that, that JJ talked about. But if I'm in a league that really devalues him to the point where he sneaks into like, you know, I mean, he's going in the fourth round. If he sneaks into like the the late sixth, early seventh round, I'm t- I'm right. going to take him. So. Uh, you know, I just I think that to to do that, you you're you're instantly limiting yourself. Uh, and I, I could get into this whole thing, the the paradox of choice, where we really don't want a lot of choices. We want some choices, but not a lot, because our brains can't really handle it. Like we weren't designed to handle it because we're still cave people, really deep down inside. Uh, anyway, I'll get off of that and just say that don't uh, don't don't say never, because you're you're just going to stare. That's going to lead you to staring value right in the face and saying, eh, no thanks, yeah. I'm good. I hear that. And you made the Vernon Davis comment. I'm going to bring up the Apex League again. I got 
He fell to the end of the eighth or early ninth. I don't really like Vernon Davis, but I took him there just because he was there and, and everyone was drafting wide receiver eights. So I figured, I figured exactly. to speak. Yeah. You know, it's just value. You got you have to be you have to be reasonable in the fact that like your projections and your feelings towards players aren't always correct. Exactly. So yeah, I mean it, when it, when it comes down to like uh Rod Streeter or Vernon Davis, uh you just take Vernon Davis. I mean stump. Yeah. Although I do love I do love me Rod Streeter. I should have had him as a bold prediction. Today. Oh, well, I'm sorry I offended your boy. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, my rant is going to be about uh told you so's. Um I think, you know, Right now we're approaching, you know, we're approaching week one, so we're going to start to actually see production from these players like we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and even today, you know, I saw I saw far too many "I told you so" tweets when Josh Gordon got suspended for sixteen games and when that suspension uh, came down. And you know, we're we're going to get a lot more of those "I told you so" tweets whenever players actually start playing. Um, and and when they you know get hurt or when they perform exceptionally well or when they don't do well. We're going to get these people saying, I told you, you shouldn't have drafted him. Um, and I think that, you know, for any writers out there that are listening to anyone that, that has hot takes on Twitter, because we all do, um, just keep in mind that first, you know, you should, you should be right about some of these things. You know, you saying, I told you so, it doesn't really show, it shouldn't show anyone anything because you should be correct about certain things. If you're not correct about certain things, that's, that's bad. You might want to uh, reevaluate how you're doing things. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is that if you're going to pat yourself on the back about the, the things that you got correct or the things that you did well, um, you should only, you know, you should be fair and, and do the opposite and, and, you know, admit to your mistakes and when you're wrong on guys. But that's not human nature. You're never going to do that. So I think that, you know, we always have to remember that, that entertainment is kind of part of what we do here. It's not about being right or wrong. But at the same time, you know, of course, we want to be right. Or else we wouldn't put all these hours into research and into streaming and into strategy and into player evaluation. Uh, and I think that readers and listeners will know, already know when you know you were right or when you were wrong. If you were if you were upfront about the way that you felt about a certain player, um, and, and and people looked at that and saw that, then of course they're going to know how you felt about that player. Um, so you know, for Fred Jackson's a perfect uh, example here. I love Fred Jackson. If Fred Jackson tanks. I'm I, obviously everyone knows that I love Fred Jackson, but if he does well, I'm not going to go out on Twitter and say I told you so because it's ignorant. So I just want to throw that out there. I don't want I, I, I hate this. I hate whenever week one happens and there's just I told you so's everywhere. And it's already starting to begin with that Josh Gordon suspension. So don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that goes, that goes, that goes for strategies too. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I obviously advocated the late round quarterback thing after 2011 and I'm not sitting there on Twitter and saying, I told you so I let other people just say like, Hey, great job, because that's what's going to happen. You know, that's just the way it works. And I'm going to be wrong about a ton of stuff too. I was super wrong on things last year and I'm, we're both going to be wrong about things we said on tonight's podcast, probably all of it. Oh God, jeez, yeah, Tra- Travis, Travis Kelsey will be, uh, you know, behind uh, Antonio Gates by fifty points by midseason. Right, we already said that Brandon Cooks is going to be working at Burger King. Right, I mean that's a that's uh, that's quite quite a downgrade from yeah. his current uh, position. So yeah. yeah, so all right, Denny. Well, since it's your birthday, let's let's cut this thing short. Let everyone know where they can find you. 
Uh, yeah, at CD Carter 13 on the Twitters. And I write for XN Sports, the fake football, uh, and uh, 4 for 4. Sweet. I am JJ Zacharies, and you can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB and all my stuff going on over at numberfire.com. So, Denny, happy birthday. Hope you enjoy it. Enjoy time with your friends and family and, and your little boy and, and drink a lot of beer. I'm going to need to to numb the pain of this fantasy anxiety, to be honest. Yeah, and the Josh Gordon suspension. Pour some out for him while you're at it. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I've, I've poured out like 11 beers. It's kind of wasteful at this <laughs> nice, point for, for nice. Josh Gordon. Nice. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Next week we will be back with Week 1 Streamers. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.